This is Industry Matters, powered by BGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. BGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. BGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, therapy, and orthotics and prosthetics industries. With VGM, you're part of something bigger. In today's episode, VP of Payer Relations for VGM Government Relations, Craig Douglas, talks with Market Sales Director for VGM Vendor Partner, Medline, Sal Guerrillo, about the impact from supply chain challenges, rising costs and stagnant reimbursement rates, shipping delays, workforce shortages, and how Medline is working to combat these issues. Welcome, everybody. My name is Craig Douglas. I'm Vice President of Payer Relations for the VGM Group. Here we are two years into the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's still wreaking havoc on various aspects of the DME industry. We've all seen the news stories with pictures of shipping containers piled up in ports, boats anchored out at sea waiting to deliver goods, etc. Today, we want to spend a few minutes with a longtime VGM vendor partner, Medline, uh, who is uniquely positioned in that they're both a manufacturer of product and they're also a distributor of, of other manufacturers' products. So they bring kind of a unique set of eyes to the supply chain issues. I'm joined today by Sal from Medline. Uh, Sal, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the aspects of the supply chain disruption and some things that uh, that they are trying to do to curb some of that. Sal, go ahead. Thanks, Craig. So I'm a market sales director in the HME space. I joined Medline in November. I'm not new to the uh, industry. I've been in the industry for eight years and uh, working with HME providers throughout the country, both as a independent and also hospital owned. Um, in my new role, I'm focusing on the national um, providers throughout the country. And yes, Craig, I agree. The climate we're living in over the last two years has changed dramatically um, due to the pandemic. Great. Thank you, Sal. I do have a few questions for you related to the impact of the supply chain issues, uh, not just on Medline, but also on the HME supplier community and the industry as a whole. Can you tell us a little bit about the types of challenges that HME providers specifically are facing right now regarding the supply chain? Absolutely. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, everything is costing them more. So it's not like you can pay more for a product and then charge more for it. You're, you're getting increased costs. And then at the end of the day, your reimbursement is what it is, right? So um, from courier increases to product cost increases, additional surcharges being added, you know, these, these extra costs are hurting the HME provider. On top of all that, there's a, there's a huge demand for labor. You know, there's labor shortages that are really hampering the provider um, additionally. So I feel like they're getting hit from all different angles, which is, which is you know, very, very, very um, tough for them to deal with. But at the end of the day, we're getting through it. They're getting through it. And uh, we'll be able to hopefully help them with some of our solutions. Great. 
So that gives us some perspective on the impact on suppliers. How about you guys? How about Medline? What are some of the things uh, the various supply chain shortages have impacted you guys as a manufacturer and distributor of goods? Wow. Good question. Good question. Um, from our perspective, we're very unique, as you mentioned. So we manufacture and we distribute our own products, but we also distribute other manufacturers' product, which I believe puts us in a very good spot because in essence, we control our own destiny when it comes to products that we want to manufacture and distribute. So we can turn the, turn the, um, you know, ratchet up our inventory and then cut it back if necessary. Lately, we've been just ratcheting it up, but what's been really impacting us dramatically, very similar to, um, what's happening with providers is our costs have also increased. So container costs have increased, um, the time it takes to get the product from the factory overseas into our ports are taking two and a half times longer. When the product gets to the port, it just sits there um, waiting to get unloaded. So it takes three times longer. Um, so delays at the end of the day, it's the delays that are impacting us and our supply chain. Um, you know, driver shortages are also, um, impacting us. So at the end of the day, we, we definitely have the same challenges, but we're working through them and we've put some things in place this year to uh, to help us get through those uh, pain points and shore up our supply chain. Great. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty about what the best course of action is to reduce the impact of, of some of these shortages. Are there any other things that you haven't mentioned yet that Medline has done or is doing to make sure that the customers get the products that they order as quickly as possible? I know it's it's not what it used to be. People were just used to placing orders and having their stuff within whatever it took, five, seven business days, whatever. Is there anything, Medline, that you want to talk about that you haven't yet in terms of what Medline is doing to help it be as good as it can be? Yeah, no, good question, Craig. I mean, we live in a world where we just get out our smartphones and we uh, order something and and we expect it, right? We expect right. it, you know, two three days. Why isn't here, right? We we want we want to know that the order was received and it's pick packed and shipped. And we do a lot of that um, still very very actively and 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 very quickly. Um, but the new world that we're living in definitely delays, delays when it comes to uh, getting the product in. What we have done, um, and we're ahead of the curve in doing it, um, we, we've, we've expanded courier options. So whether it's, it's not just using our own vehicles, we've, we've looked at other, other carriers to be able to move our product in. We've accessed 3PL solutions. Um, we actually have a team overseas that watches our inventory, our containers, and if there's a delay in a certain port, they will actively move the containers around to find a port where the container can get out quicker. Um, that's been very helpful as well. Um, in 2022, this year, we've made a $50 million investment um, in wage increases for critical workers to keep product flowing. Um, on top of all that, just increasing our inventory on hand. Um, so we've definitely, we definitely feel that we're in a position that's better than our competition. 
um, because of the fact that we are manufacturers and we, we, we were able to see this coming. Um, so definitely those things are going to help. Um, but still, at the end of the day, um, what we're finding is providers are coming to us because they know that we're a manufacturer slash distributor and they're asking us to fill the void from their existing distributor, right? So not only are we trying to take care of our existing customers, which again, those are customers that we're, 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 we're taking care of first, but any new customers that are coming in, we're level setting with what the expectations are. And honestly, they're happy with it because they know that from our perspective, if we tell them that, hey, in, in 90 days, we'll have enough product in your primary DC to fill your your orders, they at least know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so we've been very, very good about hammering that messaging home and they've been very receptive to it, right? So like you said, just going online and ordering the product and expecting it in and then wondering why it doesn't come in that mindset has shifted to now they're doing more pre-planning because of the fact that they now know that they have to pre-plan and they have to give commitments. Um, and we, and we like it, we welcome it. Um, we're having partnership conversations with customers. Um, because again, this isn't going to be a transactional situation. This, this pandemic is going to be with us for a long time. So we want to be able to take a partnership approach with our providers and be able to be that uh, vendor, that that distributor that that gets them the product when they need it. Um, so these conversations are are being very helpful for us on both fronts. I'm great. Yeah, you mentioned that light at the end of the tunnel, and we may be able to see it very dimly, but it's still a ways off in terms of getting through this. Like you said, it's going to be with us for a while. Um, we, we probably have a ways to go yet there. It's great to to see or hear you talk about some of the strategic investments. You're not just sitting there hoping, boy, I hope this ends tomorrow. Uh, you you know that it's not going to, and you're you're making those investments, those those strategic investments to offset as best you can some of these challenges and issues that are coming up. So kudos to you guys. It's great to hear that you're that you're making those investments, and you are a uh, you know, uh, you're approaching this from a partnership standpoint with the uh, with the HME industry. That that's great to hear. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Talk talk some about logistics and distribution capabilities for you guys. How many manufacturing and sourcing facilities does Medline have? I think a lot of people out there don't really fully realize the the scope of Medline, uh, how big you guys are. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, Medline has a huge presence overseas. Um, We have over 30 manufacturing facilities overseas. Um, A thousand, in addition to the manufacturing facilities, we actually employ over a thousand quality control specialists. So not only are we working in our own factories overseas, we have the people in place to watch over the product. So we pride ourselves ourselves greatly on producing a high quality product with high standards. Um, so these folks overseas not only make sure that the product is being manufactured and manufactured you know properly, they 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 are very, very critical 
when it comes to the quality that we're putting out. Um, and this is what this was very this was very eye opening for me too, right? So from a distance, um, on the outside looking in, prior to joining Medline, I always admired the fact that they were vertically integrated and we were vertically integrated from a manufacturing capacity and then taking it to market through distribution. But now on the inside looking, it really was eye opening to see that the presence that we have overseas with our own folks is key and the manufacturing, the breadth, the, the breadth and depth of the, the facilities and the line is is outstanding as well. Um, yeah, th those are some big numbers for sure in terms of the manufacturing and sourcing facilities overseas. How about your distribution centers here in the states? How many of those does Medline have? And and maybe talk a little bit about how you decide which products and how many of them land in those various DCs for you know optimal distribution around the country once they get here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So currently we have over 55 DCs throughout the country, strategically located throughout the country. And uh, what we do to determine what product goes where is it's all about the customer. It's all about the provider, right? So if I have a provider that uh, has a national presence, we make sure that their usage is spread out through multiple DCs. And what we try to do is obviously limit the time in transit. So whether it's a bulk shipment, four or five days to get to the, to the, to the customer so they can break the pallet down and redistribute it on their own trucks, or whether it's a patient home delivery product, right? So whether it's a FedEx or a UPS parcel, we try to put the product in a DC where if we're sending the product to the patient's home on behalf of the provider, it gets there the next day, 97, 98% of the time. Because remember, you know, if I'm acting as the distribution partner to a provider, the customer, I'm blind to the customer, right? So the, so the provider places the order, they give me the patient order, the patient supplies, and then the box just shows up on the patient's door. And these are life essential products, right? You know everything in the in the in our healthcare space is is essential. But if it's a wound care product or it's an ostomy or if it's a, a urological product, these are items that the patient needs um, to live. So, right. so it's critical that we get the product in the right DC. So when those orders are placed, it's able to be you know delivered to the patient the next day. Yeah, fifty-five. That's a that's a big number for DCs for for anybody. Um, you guys are obviously well covered from that standpoint. And Greg, we I gotta I gotta pause you for a minute um, and tell you a little story. So I uh, I had the pleasure of spending a week in the corporate office in Chicago, my first week of of, of joining Medline, and we did a uh, a DC tour with a customer, a couple of customers that were pre-planned prior to me joining the company. And um, this DC was bigger than any DC that I've ever seen. I mean, literally it, it was driving there. I probably drove two. it was, it was probably felt like two miles long on the road before I went in the entrance. It was huge, wow. huge. Um, but what really was eye opening is the, the automation so we have robots that actually are dropping down into certain bins and taking product 
And from a standpoint of being automated, it is like 95% automated um, and, and, and really speaks to the investment, uh, not only in the, in the, the amount of DCs we have, but an investment in, in the infrastructure to be able to keep up with the demand um, in the space. So um, I was, I was floored. I was floored. Um, it was, it was unbelievable. The, 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 not only how big it was, but the efficiency of everything um, at this particular DC. And from what I understand, we have quite a few of these similar facilities throughout the country. With, with similar capabilities, I assume. Yes. Yeah, and that, yes. That's really, really cool. We, we know that there are certain products or product categories that have been impacted more than others because of this pandemic, maybe due to increased demand. We saw that with things like hospital beds and concentrators and ventilators, uh, just because COVID patients needed those products in addition to everybody who needed them prior to COVID. So there was some, some increased demand on some products and others have been impacted more because of some combination that you mentioned before, uh, labor costs or labor shortages, large increases in shipping costs, raw material shortages, et cetera. What are some of the specific raw materials that have impacted the, the HME supply chain uh, for you guys or, or just for the, the industry as a whole? Good question. Yes. I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic, obviously all sites were set on PPE, right? Whether it was masks or whether it right. was, you know, anything to protect. Um, that has shifted. Now we're dealing with, with the second tier, right? It's obviously, like you said, you know, container costs, we're dealing with um, shortages, but the raw material has been a huge, huge number for us. Just to give you some perspective, aluminum, almost 45% increase. So obviously a lot of our DME, that metal, aluminum. Yes. So, um, Stainless steel, 22%. Um, from a plastic standpoint, uh, we're talking PVC, 41%. Um, from a textile standpoint, we're talking nylon, 76%. Wow. Um, so these, these percentages of increases um, are huge, right? So they just, like I said, it's, it's, it's not just, you can't just put your finger on one thing. It's almost like a perfect storm now with all different scenarios and all different um, components all coming together at the end of the day, causing the impact. And it starts, like I said, it's, it's starting from the, with manufacturing, starting with the transit, gets to the, the, the provider. The provider has his, his challenges, her challenges with, you know, everything in their four walls. And then ultimately at the end of the day, you know, the patient gets impacted. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been it's it's definitely been um, challenging. But like I said, everything that we're talking about today, we feel that we have made the right investments, and we are gonna be able to um, be on the right side of this and 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 make an impact for the good for to our HME providers. That's all the questions I had for you. But if there's anything else that that we didn't cover that you think we should or that you want to mention before we wrap up. Um, now is a good time to do that. Absolutely. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I feel that when a provider is looking 
for a distributor to get them through the challenges of the pandemic or, or, or even just the challenges that they face in their business, even, you know, pre-pandemic. Yeah, there were no shortages of challenges prior. So right, exactly. <laughs> just new challenges now. Exactly. I mean, before this, we talked about, you know, reimbursement, right? We talked about, you know, let, let's 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 just kind of circle back for a minute, Craig. The provider just in the last couple of years, year and a half, recalls, Respironics recall, biggest recall in history. That alone is monumental, right? So on top of on top of just normal pressures and reimbursement or dealing with recalls and, and all that, now we're adding this. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I feel that a provider really, really needs to decide for their business, who do they want to partner with and ask the questions, you know, why, right? So what, what, what do I, what do I mean by that? You know, I feel that, you know, if I can be a provider I want that extension of my of the distributor to be an extension of my company, right? And go down the road with this distributor as a partner. And that's what really what I have always hammered home. You know, I've been the, I've been in sales for over 30 years and to me I've always taken taken a partnership approach, right? I've taken a value approach always to providing value to the provider. Um to get them to see things differently in their business. So what I would recommend is, you know, look at your current business model, look at who you're using from a distribution standpoint and ask yourself, you know, how do they, how are they doing for me? Are they looking out for my best interest? Are they making investments in their company that ultimately is going to trickle down to my business and help me in my business? And if the answer to those questions is gray and not a hundred percent, Yes. What I would recommend is, you know, looking outside and looking at all different alternatives. Um, I feel Medline is a um, not only a strategic partner and a partner that that providers should look at. And we are doing it differently. Right. So not only controlling our destiny from the manufacturing standpoint, but having the the infrastructure in place to take care of the provider and help them with solutions to get them to be able to offset some of these costs. And some of the things that we're doing that we didn't really talk too much about is, you know, if a provider is making a delivery, Craig, with their own vehicle, there's so many extra costs associated with that. You, VGM did a study um, of eight regions by state, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, the, the numbers, it, just in an average, just in, you know, in these eight regions, we took the, the average um, 43%. It cost them 43% more to do that same delivery. So why did it take them? Why did it cost them more? Their, their, their time to make the delivery was longer. Um, they had additional costs in labor. They had to travel further to make that same delivery. So we went from in this particular region that we looked at, we went from pre-pandemic, the cost to make the delivery was $73.80, and in post-pandemic, $105. So, you know, at the end of the day, these are all costs. And again, we go back to the product. Can't You can't charge more for the product because the product right. has its, its reimbursement, um, you know, limitations. So 
we have patient home delivery that could make take that burden off the provider and let us do the pick packing and shipping to help offset some of these costs. Um, so again, there's, there's so much that we can talk about and we can, we can continue, um, analyzing this, but at the end of the day, I just want to just close by saying, um, we are a formidable, um, distributor manufacturer in this space. We are committed to helping providers survive and, and we have solutions that will help providers, whether it's products that they're, they're looking at today that are products that they're using um, from an HME standpoint, whether it's PPE, um, look to us. We'll walk you through the process on our end. There is, we have a method to our madness. Um, we, we, we like knowing in advance what the customers are using, what the utilization looks like. We do demand planning. That inventory is put in the, the, the DC for that provider. And uh, once it's allocated in that DC, that is their inventory that's there for them. Well, thank you so much. It's clear that obviously that this the impact of this is broad. It's not just limited to a few product categories or even a few manufacturers. It's it's impacting nearly every corner and aspect of our industry. It's also clear that Medline is prepared. I think I can say prepared. You're you're doing some things to offset some of the challenges that are that are being brought about by the pandemic. And we appreciate everything you're doing from that standpoint. We appreciate your insight joining us today and all of Medline's efforts to minimize disruption as much as possible for our HME supplier community and for the industry as a whole as we navigate through these issues. Sal, thank you again so much for joining us today. We appreciate it very much. Craig, you're welcome, and um, I appreciate that. And I also want to, you know, thank VGM for their uh, hard work. Um, your your work does not go unnoticed. I mean, we see it. We see um, all you do for the for the member community. Um, so thank you, and thank you to your team for everything you do as well. Our pleasure. We're all in this together. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting vgm.com slash industry matters podcast or following industry matters on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, or Stitcher.